Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Welcome into Circle City Cinema, the low-key finale of season one. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined as always by the founder, Alexander Burr. Man, what a uh, what a season of television. Just w- truly an honor to be reviewing this. I don't think we did the first week of Loki, did we? I think we had to sit No, yeah, up. skipped it. But other than that, the last five weeks, it's really been a ride, and I'm glad we... Uh, I'm glad we did this show. It's an awesome show. The third in the line of Disney Plus MCU shows. Finished with an 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, obviously, that's still in flux, but 8.6. Pretty fucking good, folks. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Uh, Alex, I'll just ask you point blank since it's over. Best MCU show by Disney Plus. I don't really think it's close, right? Wow. I think... The other shows kind of felt like longer movies. And, you know, maybe WandaVision actually felt like a show, but I feel like that's in its own categorization. I didn't hate WandaVision at all. I actually really enjoyed WandaVision, even on the rewatch. I mean, we liked them all. Yeah. I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I'm still a lot lower on it, and especially after the finale. I didn't care for the finale at the time, and looking back on it, I really (laughs) didn't like it. Sharon. Sharon, um, the I can't remember her name, the uh, the flag smasher character, Carly. Just the way that whole storyline ended, it left not a great taste in my mouth. But this show, this show, it kind of feels like an old school show because it wasn't wrapping up to conclude a series; it was wrapping up to conclude a season, right? right? So it feels more natural in that flow rather than just like, oh, hey, you know, the series is done. We got to tie all these knots together. That's the beautiful thing about having a show go past one season. You don't have to tie all the knots together in the last episode. You could leave some loose threads. And while this show did um, unravel a lot of knots, let's say, it still, it leaves a lot and it leaves me wanting season two. Yeah, and another thing is the past two shows have been dealing with current characters. Whereas this one, the Loki we know, is dead with a snap neck on some Asgardian ship in space. <laughs> and this Loki is the one we know from uh, 2012, from the Avengers. Now he's evolved since then, but I think they're different in that aspect. I agree with you. I think this is the best one. Uh, like I said, didn't hate any of them. I liked all three mm-hmm. of them. I thought WandaVision, looking, I was actually thinking about it the other day. Looking back, WandaVision was pretty good. It was just a victim of theories and. Right. You know, we don't need to talk about all the theories. Mephisto. Mephisto, really. And I think, honestly, if I could make a point off of that, what happened with WandaVision, I think, helped with Loki, right? Because we kind of were expecting, you know, big things. Like, with the power broker in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Oh, like, God. Well, they were kind of telling us the whole time it was Sharon, right? Like, you have to give them that. They were at least telling us the whole time it was Sharon. So, narratively, you could make it make sense. But there were theories it was, like, Nick Fury. There were theories it was a bunch of people. And then in WandaVision, obviously, the theories got out of control. <laughs> people were saying Mephisto. People were Way saying... out of control. Reed Richards. And I think... <laughs> Honestly, Zach, us having those shows to kind of ground our expectations, I think really rose the bar for Loki to blow those expectations out of the water, right? Because we were both saying, like, it, it's not going to be Kang based on what we saw in the first two shows. I think both of us kind of agreed on that. And then what happened was we see Kang in the last in the last show, and we're like, oh my god, this this isn't... Like, we kind of saw it coming, but we didn't see it happening this way. So, I think it makes... I think, honestly, the overhype kind of, in a way, made Loki more narratively rich, in a sense. Because we, were kind, we weren't expecting the rug to be pulled from under us. Whereas in the first two shows, we're like, oh my gosh, if it's not this, we'll riot. <laughs> right? right? You're right. WandaVision, honestly, like, it's 8 out of 10 for me, if I was going to put it on a scale. 
It's good. It's a good show. I'm not going to hate on WandaVision. Again, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> the, the landing was rough, but there were some highlights in it, right? It wasn't all bad. I don't know how they uh, pardon John Walker. That's... Uh, might have been some uh, money exchanging hands there. You saying politicians are corrupt, Zach? <laughs> no, no, of course not. No, no. But I think that this show, it kind of fulfilled what we needed narratively after the first two in the hype sense, like in the hype character sense, or kind of a letdown. A little bit. And, you know, you asked me after the finale aired what I thought. I thought it was a little underwhelming. Part of that was, you know, obviously the ending was monumental. But I just, I just thought the finale itself, the episode itself was underwhelming. Probably because it was so dialogue heavy. I mean, if you ask somebody what happened in this episode, all they're going to say is, oh, well, Sylvie killed Kang, the Kang variant, uh, and now everything's up in there. That's all, that's all that really happened. Her and Loki fought, and that, that was it. That was it. But I think, and we'll talk more about Jonathan Majors later, it shouldn't be entertaining, but Jonathan Majors was so good and so... Charismatic. Charismatic, weird. <laughs> the tick, 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 ticks, like the, all the like, little stuff he was doing. Yeah. I didn't mind it as much. I thought... And plus, this show has been really dialogue heavy the whole time, too. Like, there's been a lot of talking and talking and the tuck, 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 to go back to uh, to what, uh, well, his name isn't Kang in this show. It's he uh, who remains. Yeah. He who remains. He, 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 uh, he alludes to it by saying, people call me the Conqueror. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> my favorite one of those was a jerk. <laughs> Playing the jerk. <laughs> it seems like a really inefficient thing to say. Like, King of the Conqueror sounds so much more aesthetically pleasing, but I think that the way they did the reveal, I think I, I just really liked it. And plus, I think what happened with the dialogue, too, is a lot of necessary context for what's happening. I think a lot of casual viewers needed that context for what's about to happen. So I think that... I think that dialogue was kind of necessary. It was a necessary evil if you didn't like it. Oh I would yeah, say. it was definitely necessary. I mean, people needed, uh, you know, the casual viewer, like you say, needs to know what's about to happen. If they don't, you know, if they haven't seen every MCU property, every movie or the two shows before this, this was a good like expositionary tool that they used. And that brings me to. I should have said this at the top, but we're doing this episode a little differently because this episode was so dialogue heavy and because the ending was so uh, game changing. We're taking a different approach to this episode. We're talking about what Sylvie's decision to kill he who remains, a.k.a. Kang, means for the future of the MCU and specifically the immediate future. So we're not going through the plot like we usually do. Uh, but we are going to do our big winner and loser right now. So, Alex, who's the biggest winner of the show? Not just this episode, but the whole show. The whole show. Well, I mean, if you just want to go for the show, Sylvie won. I mean, she she took out the person who had been tormenting her her whole life. Now, does that mean outside of the show, this won't be viewed as a massive L? No. 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 <laughs> but it but for the show, she won. She got what she wanted, even if she started sobbing immediately after she did it. So Right. In, in an ironic sense, she's the biggest winner. If Mobius had ridden a jet ski, he would have been the winner. <laughs> but he did not. So I have to stick by my code of ethics. That's fair. You have to. And my biggest winner. In 20 minutes, 50 points, 25 rebounds, 10 assists, 4 blocks, 4 steals, Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror won the series for me in however, much, however many minutes he had of screen time. 
<laughs> it's honestly like what Jordan Clarkson did. I, Jordan Clarkson beat the Clippers in one game, and that's honestly what happened in this. Except, imagine it having, imagine it being Game Seven of the Finals. That's what, that's what Jonathan Majors, aka Kang, did. Like, what a tour de force. Leon Poe. 2008 finals game whatever it was um i'm trying to think of any other any other examples of role players just stepping in but i mean here's the thing right it's like a role player stepping in and then becoming a superstar the next season landry shamit 2019 against the warriors <laughs> like that exactly that's that's the kind of stuff but just He's changed the MCU. This show changed the course of the MCU, which we did not expect. I think that's something we should have led with. We did not expect the show to change the de- to define Phase Four. No, I mean two of the three. Well, I guess you can make a case all of them since Sam's Captain America now. All three of these movies, all three of these shows, have affected the cinematic part, and that's I'm glad you brought that up because WandaVision and Loki both felt cinematic Falcon and Winter Soldier to a lesser degree but those two felt cinematic and this event here at the end the most cinematic of them all exactly and the the score in this show I don't know who the composer was awesome the composer had a massive W as well in this show (laughs) like just or whoever it was it's just beautiful, beautiful music um, throughout the whole show, really. Natalie Holt. Natalie Holt. She gets. She's a, a winner of this show as well because she just did. She did a phenomenal job, and we always. I feel like you and I, when we're on pods together, we talk a lot about music and the difference it can make in a movie. We do. And this. This show had really great, like, top tier music, I would say. Like, probably my... Music in fucking TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. They use it everywhere. Exactly. Like, they obviously, you know, the Agatha All Along became a hit this year. I think it charted in the top Nominated 100. for an Emmy. <laughs> That's the original a, song. <laughs> it was a fine song, but let's not go overboard here. Well, but... Leave it to the Emmys. Leave it to the... Of course. But... I thought that the score, I just thought it was really well composed. The scene where Sylvie kills Kang, like just the the drop in the music is just like palpable. You could, you hear what you could see Sylvie feeling. And I think that that's the best representation of a score to me. I mean, this was the best out of the three shows. One of the best in the MCU, I would even say. And I don't think that's even a stretch to say. I think what okay off the top of your head, what's your favorite score for an MCU movie? Mine's Black Panther. First off, folks, I'm all about the soundtrack to the Guardians movies, but it's not a score. Yes, <laughs> score is original music made for the movie. So your pick is Black Panther. Yes, I would my- probably go uh, the Spider-Man movies. I can't or remember the those Iron Man up- movies. I can't remember the the Spider-Man or Iron Man ones off the top of my head. I mean, Captain America's are always great. The Endgame score was mm-hmm. very good. I watched that. My degenerate ass, Alex, watched Endgame and Far From Home back-to-back on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most Zach Griffith thing of all time. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Watching Far From Home. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you're not watching Far From Home? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> of course you are. What else would you be doing? <laughs> Uh, by the way, I, I'm I was talking to Bryce about this today. I'm I'm pissed off they killed Mysterio because I don't want to say they wasted Jake Gyllenhaal, but they kind of wasted him. What are the odds, though? And this is a genuine question. Like, what are the odds Jake Gyllenhaal wanted to do more than one Marvel movie? Oh, low, very low. But it's like it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. He definitely just wanted to do, like, you know, I haven't done a superhero movie yet. Let's get one under my belt, and then we'll move on. I understand why he, uh, you know, might not want to go back to that well. So I think he probably said, listen, I want to die at the end of this movie. <laughs> but the, the thing about that movie was, is it was the first one, I think, to talk about a multiverse. 
So there's a chance you could bring back Jake Gyllenhaal, and you yeah. could bring back Mysterio. It was uh, it was fake. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It was the first one to like mention it. Uh, that's a good question. Favorite score? I would probably go Spider-Man. So the, the Spider, the, ah, God, I forgot how to talk there. The MCU in general has done a really good job of scoring movies. I mean, the iconic. like that's that's just iconic but yeah the black the mcu films have all been very well scored but i really thought that they took it up i'm not gonna say that the the loki one is my favorite but it just was really well done all around top five Probably. I don't know. I, I'm not that much of a de- degenerate to know off the top of my head my top five favorite MCU scores. I'm not going to go that wild off the top of my head. But I think that I would, if I had to say uninformed, yeah, probably. I think it is. I think it is. I think they're all in my head somewhere bouncing around. And this seems to be top five, in my, in my opinion. Um, biggest loser, Alex. There's uh, plenty of candidates here. Loki is a big loser. I could have had Sylvie for both categories. Really could have. I think I got to go with Loki, though, because he poured his heart out to Sylvie, and he was right. For once, Loki was right. He was trying to do the right thing, and it didn't matter because Sylvie, well, he did get a kiss off, so, you know, I guess that's good for him, but Sylvie did that uh, for the old bait and switch. And she threw him in the uh, back to the TVA, which I have a theory about where Loki is exactly, but we'll we'll talk about that later, oh. probably. Right. But I think that Loki is by far the biggest loser. Who do you who do you have as the biggest loser? I also have Loki. Uh, other people came to mind, but nobody approached his level of L. So Loki. I also had uh, to a lesser degree Doctor Strange. Because of all the memes that are floating around about how he's going to have to fix this mess. And he probably is going to have to. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one for you. I wasn't going to give her biggest loser, but she is a loser. Renslayer's a loser. Because she's she doesn't know what her purpose is. Because she's not in on it like we thought she, we, she might be. Right? In this episode, she goes... I don't know where she goes exactly, but she goes away from the TVA to try to find what her deal is, right? Because she just she doesn't know. She's now, and we find out that she was a variant too. Like we we figured she was all along, but she was a school teacher or she was a school principal right. in Ohio, the worst state to be in. Um, <laughs> like shout out Joe Kim Noah. No one wants to go vacation in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> Colin Sexton I, trade packages. I, oh god, I don't want to talk about that right now. Um, listen, I think that she lost, not in a huge way though, but she definitely lost because she lost her sense of purpose. You know, she's a loser because she uh, doesn't believe in free will. So yeah, she lost a lot in this series. So shout out to her. But yes, Loki by far is the biggest loser. I agree, it's Loki. He sealed the deal when he was sent back to the fake TVA by Sylvie in the finale. So, Loki, turns out your variants were right. All you do is lose. <laughs> All you do is lose. That's, they were right. Uh, so you talked about Sylvie killing He Who Remains, a.k.a. Kang, opens up a multiverse of timelines that the TVA just can't prune. They can't, they can't control them all. Loki warns Mobius, uh, who doesn't recognize him. Him and B-15 don't know who Loki is. is, this is do you want to hear my theory now? Let's hear it. My theory is that he got sent to a different... He got sent to a different dimensions. He got sent to a different timelines TVA. Like, there were multiple TVAs. Because... Our Mobius and RB-15 would have recognized him. They were free of spirit. But it seems like these two, this Mobius and this B-15, were bound by the bureaucracy, right? Like, it seems like they were still controlled by the TVA. So I think that those two aren't actual, you know, Loki, or they aren't the the two that Loki knows, if that makes sense. They're two just completely... just got sent to a different timeline. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I think. 
I could see it. I could see it. In fact, I, I might subscribe to that theory. I might because after all that time and after all that journey, there's no way Mobius's memory gets wiped because Kang dies, you know, or B-15s. Right. I think it has to be a different timeline. I think, uh, yeah. I see where you're coming from. I almost want to just say, yeah, I agree with you, but... You know what? Fuck it. I agree with you. I agree Whoa. with you. <laughs> I think it is a different timeline. It makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. Because why would... We wouldn't go through that whole journey for Mobius just to not recognize Loki. Right? He who remains was talking about all these variants he has. And... Why wouldn't one of his variants create a TVA? One of them is bound to, right? Exactly. And plus... In the last scene we get with our Mobius and our B-15, we get, um, they're in a completely different room and they're accepting the chaos that's about to happen. This B-15 and this Mobius are trying to actively stop it. And right. plus, B-15, it seems, has converted most of the, uh, timekeepers in the, uh, original yeah. timeline. Yeah. So, I think that they're, they've accepted the chaos in the original original in air quotes TVA and then speaking of which the statue of Kang has replaced the one of the timekeepers in the TVA that Loki has been sent to so there you go folks there you go Alex I have a list of notable because you know the famous block in the back award that's the first thing I thought of when I watched this scene <laughs> Famous Block in the Back Award. I have taken the liberty of listing notable blocks in the back in MCU history. And I want you to stop me when you think one of these was bigger than Sylvie's. Okay? Well, I I'm going to stop you after the first one, but go ahead. Okay. Number one, Star-Lord punching Thanos. That's a bigger block in the back than this. I mean... <laughs> Did Sylvie accidentally cause the multiverse and um, maybe introduce thousands of Kang the Conquerors? Perhaps. Did did Quill definitely kill half the population in the universe? Yes, he did. He absolutely did. So, right off the bat, we have one that's bigger than Sylvie's. Tough to top that one. Uh, shout out to Peter Quill. You fucked up bigger than anyone. It ended up not mattering, but... You fucked up. Uh, number two, anything General Thunderbolt Ross did in The Incredible Hulk? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger than that. Number three, Red Skull palming a functional Tesseract like a basketball and getting teleported to Vormir. Shout out to Red Skull for having big hands, but I'm, uh, I'm going to have to say no to this. <laughs> anything... Hayward did in WandaVision. Um, as much as I hate that fucker, shout out to uh, not Brandon, not Gordon, Hayward. Um, no. <laughs> not Jason. Not Jason. <laughs> as much as I hate him, uh, he doesn't compare to this. Uh, number four, Peter Parker giving Mysterio Stark's glasses. Um, I'll say no. Okay. All right. And number five, Sif giving the Collector the Reality Stone in the post-credits of Thor The Dark World. I'll say yes. That was bigger than... Anything that caused Thanos to kill half the universe? Bigger. Bigger. Now, here, I have one for you, Zach. I brought. I told you I was going to make it before the show. I was going to make a, a Game of Thrones ah. reference. And spoilers if you haven't seen... Um, Game of Thrones, but it's been out for five years. This season's been out for like five, it six ended years. Two at this years point. ago, exactly. So, what was a bigger block in the back? Sylvie stabbing uh, Kang, or Oberyn not killing the mountain when he had the chance? Oberyn, Oberyn Martell not killing the mountain. I had to watch that scene before we, I hopped on the call. It's probably Thank my favorite. You. It's my favorite Game of Thrones scene if I had to pick one. Wow. Like, he, Sad, re man. he really, Oberyn really snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Fumbled at the goal line. Fumbled at the goal line. Um, pass interference at the one yard line. 
<laughs> I mean, interception at the one yard line. Patriots, dunk the, Seahawks. Dunk the ball in his own basket, scored an own goal. <laughs> I mean, whatever analogy you want to use. Goaltend. Goaltended on his own basket and on the other one. <laughs> um. I mean, I understand the intent, right? And that's the the tragedy of Oberyn Martell is that he is so blinded by... And actually, and the reason I brought it up and I wanted to talk about it the whole time, even before I knew you had this category, it's kind of a similar thing. What happened? Both of these characters were raged by their hubris and their ego and their desire for revenge, right? And they both... That's the main thing they both wanted. They had been robbed of something. Um, in Oberyn's case, he'd been robbed of his sister, Elia Martell, who was killed by the mountain on the Tywin Lannister's orders. And in... And in Sylvie's case, she had been robbed of her agency and free will for 20 plus years or however long it had been, really. Who's to say how long it was? So they were both blinded to what the actual choice should have been. Sylvie should have listened to Loki, right? And Oberyn should have killed the mountain when he had the chance. Obviously, Oberyn, I'm not going to divulge the rest of the details of what happened after uh, Oberyn fumbled the bag completely. But it's pretty. It it's the probably one of the most consequential things in the show's history. I think it's safe to say because if that doesn't happen, a chain reaction of events on the show doesn't happen. So, you both of these things change the uh, show slash franchise they're in catastrophic ways that were unforeseen at the moment because they were blinded by the absolute you know hatred and the thirst for revenge absolutely absolutely that's a that's a great corollary to draw thank okay. you <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it and I can tell it's just you can't revenge just as a general life principle right revenge isn't worth it but in shows the over and I think that's what George R.R. R. Martin does best is that the overarching urge and thirst for revenge just leads you absolutely nowhere in the actual course of like life right right it does you no good so i think that and honestly the music that they were playing in the episode kind of reminded me of some game of thrones music like i was gonna say that too yeah like it was pretty similar and i know that the people who've created this show i'm sure i mean they've had to have watched game of thrones like 30 million people watched the game of thrones finale in the u.s i'm pretty sure like a lot of people it was a very popular it's probably the last popular show we're gonna have that everyone's gonna watch all at once it's the last not to get too off topic but it's like the last last appointment viewing show mm-hmm. that we're gonna get what a what a time to be alive game of thrones final season and uh end game and we neither of us watched game of thrones during the original run we both binged it well after the fact yeah for me but two years after the fact i binged it about a year after it ended and i'm still very salty about the ending i binged it actually it's been no i binged it the year it ended ah so i binged it in 2019 there you go but i mean i'm not comparing loki to game of thrones because that's really an unfair bar it'd be like if i compared falcon and the winter soldier to i don't know svu (laughs) right something like that yeah they're not in the same league but just because they're not in the same league doesn't mean i can't draw comparisons between the two no that's a good comparison to draw i'm not going to push back on it um let's talk about jonathan majors you brought him up uh killed it as kang he's gonna be back as kang in ant-man 3 which is called ant-man and the wasp quantum mania uh if you don't know the name you know the face folks he was in white boy rick he was in the five bloods he was in the show lovecraft country and he's gonna be in creed 3 so he's going to be in some big franchises going forward and he's been working with outstanding directors. So, Alex, let's talk about the future of the MCU and how Sylvie's block in the back affects that. So, the next five movies in the MCU. We got three in 2021. We've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on September 3rd. It's coming up. Then we've got The Eternals on November 5th. Shout out to John and Rob. 
Shout out to John and Rob. On the screen together for the first time in 10 years. <laughs> and then, one we don't have a trailer for yet. Spider-Man No Way Home, December 17th of this year. And then the next two, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th. And Thor Love and Thunder on May 6th. So, Alex, out of those five, give me three that will feel the biggest impact of Sylvie's block in the back. Well, it probably won't be Shang-Chi, if I had to guess. No, I don't think so. I don't know enough about the Eternals to say, but that seems like something... I mean, the two obvious ones are Spider-Man No Way Home and the Doctor Strange The Multiverse of Madness. Those are the two obvious ones. Thor, Love and Thunder, I don't know enough about. I'm going in with, like, I'm, I'm going in like I did with Ragnarok. I wasn't going to go see Ragnarok until I'd heard great things about it. And now it's, when I'm, it's in my top five for the MCU. Um, I think that it's going to play an impact on some of the other ones. I mean, obviously, to look forward in the future... Ant-Man and the Last Quantum Mania is probably the biggest one, right? In general, but then I mean, Kang's in that movie. So. Exactly. Uh, the Fantastic Four one is in yeah. Phase Four, and then maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Who's to say, really? But I think that Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are by far. Which Which ones do you think are going to be the most impacted by it? I'm curious. Well, number one, I had Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness just because of the fucking title. <laughs> you don't say. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Scarlet Witch is in that movie. She's the second highest billed actor behind only Cumberbatch. So I'm going to assume <laughs> they're going to hit it hard. Uh, next, I had No Way Home, um, which I wanted to have a conversation about later, but we'll get into that. And number three, I had The Eternals. And here's why, Alex. All we've gotten on the Eternals is a premise and a trailer. Here's the premise, okay? Here's the premise for the Eternals. After an unexpected tragedy following the events of Avengers Endgame, the Eternals, an immortal alien race created by the Celestials who have secretly lived on Earth for over 7,000 years, reunite to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. Who could the Deviants be? Perhaps some Kang variants? Interesting. Maybe. You know what? I think that's it, probably. What could the tragedy be after Endgame, besides the Westview incident? What could it be? I don't... That has to be it. It has I, to it, be this, right? Has to be unless this. it's something we haven't seen yet. I, I think we should maybe wait till Shang-Chi, but I think that you're not off base. I think that you're you're not off base at all. Oh, man. It's going to be... I didn't realize the Eternals was set after Endgame. Um, I, this is kind of off topic, but can I throw a theory I heard at you? Of course. So, you know in Ant-Man 2, when uh, Walton Goggins' character? Sonny Birch. You remember we were talking last week when they showed the, uh, the Kang Tower? Yeah. So, apparently there's a Kang variant who buys... Uh, after, like, who in the comics would buy Stark Tower after, you know, whatever, the Battle of New York, right? What if the guy Sonny Birch is working for was a Kang variant in Ant-Man 2? And that's the Kang that shows up in Ant-Man 3? That's what... That's the theory I've heard. Wow. Wow. Well, I we, think... know, we know what the Quantum Realm can do now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm interested to see, like... Are they gonna? What are him and the wasp gonna do? Are they gonna be the ones to prevent? Are they gonna like go back in time again and prevent this from happening, or what? I'm surprised there's not a huge team up movie coming in this phase. Not really. I mean, you have like like Multiverse of Madness. You have Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch teaming up. No Way Home. Doctor Strange is in that. Uh, whether it'll whether he's in it a lot. I don't know. Could be like a Ragnarok thing where he's in it for like five minutes. You know? But, yeah, team-up movie. Eternals, I guess, is a team-up movie. You could count it as that. But we don't know. Like, we knew four of the five characters, or five of the six Avengers. 
coming into the first Avengers movie, you know, we knew. Right. Like, we've known coming into each of the movies who the main people are. We don't have any relationship with the Eternals. No. Thor Love and Thunder, kind of. If you look at the cast, it's like Thor and most of the Guardians. So maybe that, if you want to count that as a team up. You know, I'll be, I'll be happy if we get some kind of team up, but I don't know. What is the Marvels? Is that the Captain Marvel sequel? Right. That's, that's what that is. Yeah. So we're going to have, we'll have Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Monica, Monica. And I think that's it for the Marvels. I think. Well, and obviously we'll have Fantastic Four. I can't wait to see who they cast for that. Have they casted it yet? Nope. Been very quiet. They don't even have a release date for it. They just have a director, John Watts, who directed the Spider-Man movies. So we know he can do it. It's true. I want to talk about No Way Home real quick. Okay, I know this is a Loki pod, but this is pissing me off, Alex, because how many trailers did we get today? Were you on Twitter today? I did, was not, no. We, we got like four trailers from random movies that one of there's a Ridley Scott movie I didn't even know was coming out that got a trailer today with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and some other people and I was like what? Tony Collette I think and I was like what the fuck is this? <laughs> there's a Matt Damon and Ben Affleck movie and nobody told me about this? yeah exactly yeah I don't, I don't think many drivers in it okay sorry but it's a shame let's talk about No Way Home Spider-Man 3 whatever you want to call it Alex, you're a big Spider-Verse guy. We're going to have a Spider-Verse pod in the near future. Are you buying into the Spider-Verse-esque rumors of this movie that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back, that they're going to join Tom Holland as the three Spider-Men, because we already have Jamie Foxx as Electro confirmed, and we already have Alfred Molina as Doc Ock confirmed. (laughs) Good old Al. (laughs) Which I love, by the way. Fucking love that. And I was doing some research uh, before the pod. It picks up. He's confirmed to be from a different timeline, feeding into the multiverse thing. Uh, I can assume the same for Electro, right? Mm -hmm. You would think so. It picks up like right after, because you know in Spider-Man 2 when he drags the sun down with him into the river? It -hmm. picks up right after that. Doc Ock's storyline. So... If he is in this, why wouldn't Tobey Maguire Spider-Man be in it? I really hope Tobey Maguire's in it. I really do. Me too. And Me I too. kind of hope he's like... I hope they're both in it. Well, Andrew I, Garfield too. I hope they kind of make him like older like they did uh, Jake Johnson's Spider-Man in, into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Like I, I hope they don't rip it off joke for joke, right? But the way they played the Jake Johnson character in Into the Spider-Verse, I think that if Toby did that, I think it would be great. It would be right. Awesome. I would love every second of him, you know, being the old washed-up Spider-Man, divorced, beer belly. So you want it to happen? I want it to happen. I do. I never saw the second Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not going to lie to oh, you about that. Don't. Yeah. I heard people shitting on it. I've heard you and Chris shit on it. I don't think I want to see it. But I would be down to see all of them in the movie, right? And it would be cool for them to extend the olive branches to all these old actors, right? It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. To let them play these old characters that if they're not involved in the superhero movies anymore, I mean, it would be great. But I, I just, I want to see it. You know what I mean? I need to see it before I believe it. I need I've always, I'm always a little bit skeptical. There's no way they're going to show us Garfield or Maguire in the trailer. You don't think so? Well, if they did, uh, Garfield would tell them to lawyer up, assholes. <laughs> I'm not coming back for... <laughs> I didn't say it. I'm coming back for everything. You better lawyer up, asshole. <laughs> the only good acting performance Justin Timberlake ever gave. <laughs> was he acting? It was. I mean, it was a great performance from Justin Timberlake. 
Great performance. Great but perform- I'm with you. Uh, I actually think if whenever the trailer does drop, hopefully before the end of the month, for my own sanity. They're not going to drop until probably after uh, Shang Chi comes out. If I uh, if I had to guess, here's what here's my prediction. All right, my quasi prediction for when the Spider Man Far From Home trailer will come out. Because we didn't get a Black Widow trailer till pretty fucking recently, did we? Like even I know the movie's already been out for two weeks now. This is just highly unusual because this movie. Like we said, it's supposed to come out in December. Well, you figured they'd have it all shot. five months away. I figured they had Black Widow done after Endgame. I feel like they would have shot that then. So I don't know why it took so long for a trailer to come out. Black Widow was done for a long time. Maybe it's just because they didn't know when they could put the movie out. But now you know when all these movies are going to be out. You know, movie theaters are all open again. Um... I would guess you would probably see the trailer for Spider-Man 3 in the uh, theater for Shang-Chi. That's my prediction. I hope so. I hope so. You're sitting in the you're sitting in the theater. Oh god. Well, if they were going to do it, they'd do it tonight. <laughs> when there's a lot of eyeballs on it. Because we're recording this, it's currently 7:48 Eastern. About an hour from now, game 6 of the final steps off. Game set five ratings were pretty low, but it was the NBA's fault for uh, playing a game on a fucking Saturday. So, by the way, why is this game at nine o'clock tonight? Well, Milwaukee's in Central Time, and Phoenix, I believe, Phoenix isn't in a defined time zone since they don't observe daylight savings time. But I believe it is currently six, or right now it'd be four forty-nine. Okay, so they're technically West Coast. Yeah. Pacific Pacific time. But when the clock changes back, they're mountain. It's weird. Or maybe it's the other way around. I can't ever remember. But they're a few hours behind us. Okay. In any case. Interesting. Well, the point is, of this No Way Home discussion, I want the trailer as soon as possible. I'm not alone on this. You do too. I'm glad you're buying in the Spider-Verse theory, and I'm not surprised because you're... <laughs> You're a Spider-Verse enthusiast. Listen, I love that movie. It's in my top ten of favorite movies, probably. So, I I just love the movie, and I hope they... I I don't want them to copy it beat for beat, because... Well, they won't, because they don't have a Miles Morales. No. But I would like them to, you know... I, I, I think they could make it work their own way. I don't want them to take the Sony version, because Lord Miller... Okay, I know, we've been going on a lot of tangents this podcast. I watched Lego Batman last week. Lord and Miller ha- like have perfected the line between adult humor and kid humor. They have. Like, and obviously, they have an elite rated R comedy with 21 Jump Street, right? They also Two have- elite rated R with 22 Jump Street. Exactly. And then they've done Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. They've done the Lego movie. I watched Lego Batman last week. Um, obviously into the Spider Verse. They did solo. They didn't get credit for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no wonder it was so good. But those people, like, they've really perfected the line between good for kids and good for adults, and I really respect them for that. I respect them too. They're two of the most talented. You know, if they were to step foot in the MCU, they would automatically be to me like one of the top seven most talented people to get behind the camera for an MCU movie. So they're, they're awesome. You don't, you can, I've, we've raved about them on this pod and off many times. So you don't, you know where we stand on them, but a history lesson before we go, Kang the Conqueror. Are we going to discuss the series or are we going to talk about not to cut you off? My bad. The series, the next five series, What If, which is on August 11th, uh, won't really have an impact on, won't really feel Loki's impact, but still, very good. Miss Marvel, late this year. Hawkeye, late this year. Hawkeye, by the way, I can't believe I'm saying it, but excited for it. <laughs> well, after we found out that uh, Yelena from Black Widow is going to... Oh, I... Uh, you can say it. You can say it. Yeah, after... It's been two weeks. After we found out Yelena from Black Widow is going to be in it, then it really piqued my interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moon Knight, which is next year, and then Secret Invasion, which will have Nick Fury and the Scrolls. 
and Amelia Clark and some rule uh, in that show. Daenerys Stormborn. Daenerys Stormborn, mother Tit- of dragons. Titles, titles, titles. <laughs> Gods, I was strong then. So if I had to guess which show would feel the impact of this the most, I would guess Secret Invasion, just because that takes place in space. I would guess. I, well... On the um on the ringer pods with Mallory and whoever she has on that week, I think she theorized one week that maybe what happens in this show will directly impact what if. Wow. Where like, what if is the result of the multiverse opening up? Oh. And I I like that theory. I think I kind of subscribe to that theory. Where you have just the whole multiverse opening up. And now you have, you know, like we saw in the trailer, Killmonger saving Tony Stark. You have T'Challa being um, Star-Lord. So I think maybe, I'm not saying it will, but it's a good theory. It's a great theory. By the way, I'm going to call out Bryce Shetty because he said he's not going to watch What If. Are you kidding me? I said, you're a fraud. You're a fraud. You're not a real MCU fan. Just, Just shut up. Just shut up, Bryce. Why isn't he watching it? Just shut up, Bryce. I I, I don't know. I don't Bryce. Know. I don't know. Bryce Bryce gets moody sometimes and we you know, we, we all know how Bryce is if you listen to the running hook. You know, he gets, <laughs> you he, gets in, he gets in his moods and you just can't you can't you can't steer him back. That's hilarious. That's you know really, how he is, Alex. I know how he is. That's that's <laughs> hilarious though. Uh so the history lesson of Kang the Conqueror very major villain in terms of the books this is his uh biography sorry biography from the books uh not step for step what we've seen so far but vibes similar vibes so nathaniel richards which is kang's real name a 31st century scholar and descendant of guess who reed richards his time traveling father nathaniel becomes fascinated with history and discovers the time travel technology created by Victor Von Doom, a.k.a. Dr. Doom, another possible descendant of Nathaniel Richards. He then travels back in time to ancient Egypt aboard a sphinx-shaped time ship, because what else, and becomes the pharaoh Ramatut with plans to claim Ensavanur, the mutant destined to become Apocalypse, as his heir. X-Men Apocalypse, by the way. Fucking sucks. <laughs> Rama Tut's... <laughs> Good, don't. Good. Put that in your Amazing Spider-Man 2 pile of shit not to watch. <laughs> Rama Tut's rule is cut short when he is defeated by the time-displaced Fantastic Four. What luck. An embittered Nathaniel Richards travels forward to the 20th century where he meets Doctor Doom, who he believes might be his ancestor. What a family tree. He later designs an armor based on Dooms and, calling himself the Scarlet Centurion, pits the Avengers team against alternate reality counterparts. I would watch the shit out of that. He plans to dispose all of them. But the Avengers managed to force him from the timeline. Of course they did. Nathaniel then tries to return to the 31st century, backing up, backing down, Alex but overshoots by a thousand years, discovering a war-torn Earth that uses advanced weapons they no longer understand. He finds it simple to conquer the planet. It's simple. Conquering? Easy. Expanding his dominion throughout the galaxy, which we're seeing right now in Loki, and reinvents himself as Kang the Conqueror. But this future world is dying, and so he decides to take over an earlier, more fertile Earth. There you go, folks. Kang the Conqueror. Similar vibes, but kind of different. Alex, thank you very much for joining me on this journey through Loki. Before we go, before we go, I've promised the audience an Owen Wilson impression Ah, by the time episode six roll around. You've been honing it. Been honing it. And I wrote down a couple lines... And maybe, just maybe, it'll be good. Maybe it'll be bad. Who's to say? 
Friends across time, allies to the end. That was so beautiful. Then you sent me to die. What happened to you? That's, that was my Owen Wilson impression. I did not feel very good about it. I think it was okay, but I, I kind of broke it out on the spot. I really wasn't working on it. I do better when I'm just listening to a voice and then I mimic it. But I don't, I don't feel, you know what, looking back on it, I don't feel terrible about it. I'll give it a C. I'll, that's, I'll take a C. <laughs> Passing grades? I didn't study, so I'll take a C. <laughs> hey, it's like we're back in college. <laughs> exactly. I'll take a C. Whatever. <laughs> Studied five minutes. I'll take a C. <laughs> Alex, I don't know when we're going to be on an endeavor like this again. Might be a little bit, but it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Hopefully we can get back together soon and do that Black Widow. Black Absolutely. Widow pod. Absolutely. Hopefully next week. Hopefully next week. And then, yeah, I mean, what if? I don't think what if we'll have... I mean, we'll, I think we'll play it by ear. We'll watch the first episode. I won't be able to do episode the first week because I'll be pretty busy that week. But we'll, we'll play it by ear. We could definitely find time to do a what if episode if we need to. We'll see how it goes, folks. All I know is I'm going to be watching. And Bryce is not. Like a schmuck. schmuck. Alex, plug it. All right, so the most immediate plug is the Alex and Dylan Basketball Power Hour. And, folks, the next episode will be our last one talking about basketball. Either we'll be talking about – there are three outcomes to the series, and only three. All right, the Bucks win tonight, the Suns win tonight and win on Game 7, or the Suns win tonight and Bucks win in Game 7. And – Zach, I'm I'm gonna say you predicted a sweep at the end of uh not on the record. It was not on the record. Not on the record. Alright, you know what? <laughs> Fine. I'll give you that. But I'm going on the record, okay? They brought back Brandon Jennings to the building. There's no way it could end any other way. Bucks and six. By the time this comes out, the Milwaukee Bucks will be NBA world champions. Zach Griffith will have lost money. I'm sorry to say. I don't like to do this to you, friend. <laughs> because I know you... It was a good bet. But I think the Bucks just have advantages that the Suns... I, I Just watching the series, I think that the Bucks have taken away... Like, you know how coming into the series, like in game one and two... Drinking tonight. Game one and two, they're like, "Oh, you're letting the, you're letting the uh, Suns get to too many mid-range jumpers." What I think has been brilliant about what Bud's done in this series is he's taken that idea and he's flipped it on his head, where now you're giving them all the mid-range jumpers they want, but you aren't getting any corner threes, you aren't getting to the rim, so you're gonna have to beat us with mid-range jumpers. And I, I Zach, I think it's been a brilliant strategy by them, and I think it'll be hard for the Suns' young guys to go on the road and put up the numbers that they need to to win. Listen, I'm not an overly religious man. (laughs) And I said on Linsanity, if you're thinking about making sports bets, don't do it. (laughs) Well, guess what I did tonight, Alex? Oh, no, you put a bet on the... Do you disavowed your own advice? First field goal of the game, I bet on Chris Middleton. Okay. To win 65 bucks. 65 bucks? If he scores the first field goal of the game, I only put down 10. His odds that's, were plus 550. That's pretty good odds. Didn't you also put odds? I feel like you had odds on someone really random scoring the first basket in the Hawks Bucks series. It was Bogdanovich. <laughs> I was going to say Herder, but that, I was like, no, you hate Herder. Nah, I, I can't bet on Herder. Fuck no. <laughs> you hate Herder, so there was no way. Um, but yes, the power hour. Um, Dylan and I both were very high. Dylan and I said after game four bucks and six was more likely than suns and seven wow so looking good right now yes and i i asked him that i you know i was more of the suns optimist i said suns and seven because i or bucks and seven because i respect the suns but and here's a take i wanted to run by you zach you brought up the 2006 finals on uh yesterday's insanity i have another parallel this is like similar to the 2006 finals because if the Bucks win it'll be a coronation for Giannis the way the 2006 finals were for Dwayne Wade absolutely like and I'm not saying if they lose it won't be a coronation for Giannis because he's been on just another level but this feels like a guy coming in and obviously D Wade <laughs> was more advanced in his basketball career I know he was like younger 
but year three. Year three, but he'd been playing basketball his whole life as opposed to Giannis. Right. <laughs> so I feel like this will be Giannis's basketball coronation. Like we're like, okay, this guy's officially like people weren't taking him seriously before this. Whereas I feel like obviously there are some people, <laughs> Kendrick Perkins, who won't take him seriously. What but a joke. what a joke. But I think everyone will have to take him seriously if they win the series. I really do. This dude won back to back MVPs. And then and a defensive player of the year, one of those years, and they're they're like, ah, he's not there yet. He can't shoot. Okay. All right. Well, here's the crazy part, Zach. Do you know what he's shooting from the mid-range in these playoffs? Good. He's at 41% from the mid-range. Good. You actually have to, like, get a hand up. Get out there. And it's just, and, like, 40-something percent. It's even higher from, like, the 4 to 14-foot range. Just what an utter dominant showing from Giannis. three-point? The three-point is we're not going (laughs) to talk about that. (laughs) Listen. Okay. I... I'm pretty sure I tweeted I want to rip my hair out every time Giannis shoots a three in the net series. I know and you've look, said it before. I've said it on the podcast. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it basically everywhere. He for the playoffs, he is shooting 17.9 percent from three. Yeah. <laughs> but 29, 13, five assists, a block, and a steal. Yeah. Just an not, utterly... not the finals MVP, though. Chris Middleton's finals MVP. Just <laughs> what a fucking ridiculous <laughs> statement. Just what a clown statement. But um, back to the plug. So Dylan and I, I think no matter which way the series goes, if I'm wrong and the Suns win in seven, I'll be happy because Chris Paul won. I'll be happy. Um, yes, he will be. But if the Bucks win, I'm going to take a huge fucking victory lap. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I've been on the train since the Nets series, and I feel very vindicated Bryce right now. Bryce can shove it. Bryce can shove it. <laughs> well, he's. N- you guys can shove it on Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton's been very no, good in this series. No, no. He has been. No, I'll, I'll. No, no. He's had between eight and fourteen points every game. He is currently shooting fifty percent from three. Sure. Let's see. I'm pull playoff series. My favorite new feature on the uh, Basketball Reference website. 11 points a game, 5 rebounds, 52, 50, 100 shooting splits. Now, has he only gotten to the free throw line twice? Yes. But... Only twice? Wow. Well, he got fouled late in the game. Or he got, I think he got fouled by Aiden at one point in yesterday's game. Hack a pat? <laughs> yeah. Totally. I'm going to say, hey, let's take the guy who's shooting 50% from three in the series of the foul line, folks. Well, that's a, that's a winning strategy right there, Monty. But... That power hour should be awesome. And then NBA draft next week. We got a lot of great stuff coming down the next week. I know the 29th next Thursday. Unbelievable. So you're going to have that. Then um, Lynn Sanity, Caleb will be back next week. Awesome show this week. Divine Rhyme. Um, they wrapped up Sturgill Simpson month today with I accidentally put in the episode description that it was one album. It's technically two albums like Volume 1 and Volume 2, so I'm going to have to correct that at some point. But that was awesome. They're going to start Mac Miller month next month, so that'll be that'll be fun. Um, Triple Option Pass, still on indefinite hiatus. i got to figure that out. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Battleground. I want to get Battleground back going sometime. I think maybe we could do it maybe sometime next week. I know next week is also JD's birthday. Shout out to JD. Ah. So we might not be able to get that done next week, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else do we have on the, the network up that I haven't plugged yet. No, I think that's just about everything. So what do we got coming up the pipe on uh, cinema? I've been busy. Uh, that's no excuse for not getting content out, but I have been busy. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street will probably be the next uh episode that comes out with Devin Voss his favorite movie The Wolf of Wall Street Wolf of Wall Street the lewd scene that's all you need to <laughs> get off the phone beautiful movie beautiful movie Marty Marty is just the king of these guys look like they lived awesome lives but really they all turned to shit very quickly yes you give him that kind of movie, and it's going. To, I I need to watch Casino again. That's going to be one of the things I watch yeah, after the do. finals are over. I haven't seen it since the first time I watched it. Casino. Yeah, baby. 
Great movie. Great movie. Before we go, you want to hear a funny story about... So, okay. One of my friends works at the steel mill, and he said he had nothing to do one day. So he sat down and plowed through the Irishman in one sitting because he had absolutely nothing to do at work. Awesome. <laughs> I'm well, like... Got paid to watch the Irishman. <laughs> I'm like, you lucky bastard. I, <laughs> I couldn't watch that in one sitting. I didn't have any time. <laughs> got paid to watch the Irishman, baby. Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> well, Alex, off to watch the game. Off to watch the game. Um... May it, may it be a good game to you, sir. I hope that you don't get too drunk. <laughs> I'll, I'll be watching painstakingly. And uh, my day at work will depend entirely upon the outcome of this game tomorrow. <laughs> well, Alex, a pleasure as always. <laughs> thank you so much, Zach. We'll, we'll talk to each other on a pot again soon. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening.